1: Hi, this is Josh Marshall and this is the Josh Marshall podcast. I'm here in New York City. It is May the 8th. Beautiful uh, day. Yeah, I'm here with my my colleague David Tainter. Hey Josh. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Well, we have we have like a a too much news that has happened over Seriously. the last few days. What we're going to do is we're going to we're going to talk in this episode about some key points, some key developments on the Trump Russia Trump uh, finances front, also how it how it ties together with Michael Cohen, but just as as we're as we're getting started, um, there's so many. I mean, we have this story with Eric Schneiderman that that broke last night and led to his resignation in in a matter of uh, hours. Yeah, like like three litters. hours, almost yeah. to the to the minute. Really? Almost. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, just just astonishing. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who are not from from New York State, uh, President Trump has has you know, kind of uh, buoyed Schneiderman's profile because he was sort of like a high-profile, um, you know, opponent of... of he, he had sued Trump a few times. Uh, a lot of people who have followed the Trump-Russia story really closely have kind of banked on the New York Attorney General's office as the one that might uh, sort of jump into the lurch.
0: And the, and the reason behind that is because Trump can pardon federal... Crime, you know, pardon people who are charged with
1: federal crimes. You can't do that at the state level, right? Exactly, and 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 also since since Trump is based in New York, a lot of the crimes or you know alleged crimes, many of them happened in the state of New York. So if if a if a state was going to do it, uh, New York State would be the logical one. And Schneiderman was a very activist attorney general. You know, involved. I, I believe he was. Uh, the one who at least sort of led the charge on Trump University. Um, so it, it's it's a, it, in any case, my, my point was that in New York State, certainly if you were involved in progressive politics in New York State, this guy was a big deal and very, uh, my sense at least, was very kind of widely admired, certainly for how he, how he did his job as Attorney General. Um, I, you know, I don't. I was, I was talking on Twitter last night that I, you know, I don't, I don't circulate much. <laughs> I'm either like at home or here at the TPM offices, so um, I don't know what the impression was of people who sort of were more kind of socially involved in in New York State Democratic politics. But it was a big shock, absolutely, and and and, and certainly a story that you know wasn't like an Aziz Ansari sort of thing where people are like, well, yeah, a matter of interpretation, yeah, whatever, you know, kind yeah. of Rashomon and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. I and mean, it was it was not like yeah. that. Let, let's um, let's do some uh, uh, some quick uh, commercial business here and then we'll get down to the news of the day. Calling all cold brew fans, spring has finally sprung, so it's time to switch from hot coffee to Grady's cold brew, the most refreshing pick-me-up around. Our famous blend uses 100% Arabica beans from Indonesia and Ethiopia with just a hint of French chicory for the smoothest, richest, most indulgent iced coffee experience, all delivered directly to your door at a fraction of what it costs from the coffee shop. Ready to give it a swirl? Get twenty percent off your first order at Grady's Cold with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM.
0: You know this is a great time to drink Grady's.
1: Beautiful I, weather this week. Drink do you have your Grady's? I have my. Not
0: on me. This I is like the second show in a row. I know. You totally
1: dropped the ball. <laughs> I, I have <laughs> my true. Grady's Cold Brew here. Yeah, and I'm better. I'm better for it.
0: So, anyways, just one last uh, bit of housekeeping before we get into it. We've launched a Facebook group for this podcast. Just go on Facebook, search the josh marshall podcast it 's a place you can kind of connect with other listeners. Drop us a line, ask us questions you know we always want to hear from you, not just about how we 're doing but what you want us to talk about if you have any questions for josh,
1: let us know yeah and we'll be we'll be dropping in there uh, one one of our um, uh, one of our colleagues is going to be. Uh, you know, kind of n- not moderating it, but you know, there to kind of be our, you know, to our eyes that, and ears. Yeah, yeah, our eyes and ears. It sounds a little more spying than <laughs> you know. There's already enough eyes and ears when you when, whenever you get near Facebook. So <laughs> true. Uh, but anyway, but uh, David and I will be there too. So so stop by, and you know, we want to we want to bring together. The people who are listening to the podcast and also people who are, you know, come to the site and so forth, TalkingPointsMemo.com. Absolutely. So we had, okay, so the the Schneiderman news, which was just, you know, out of the blue and, you know, took him out of politics yeah. like within hours, which, again, just just like a thunderbolt out of the blue. We have the ongoing Rudy Giuliani kind of clown
0: show exactly honestly just bef- like minutes before we stepped into the studio he gave an interview to the huffington post where he said oh rudy did yeah he oh, did where he said this. um michael cohen doesn't have any incriminating information about the president basically even if he even if there, even if he did anything wrong i mean cohen doesn't know anything about it yeah so um nothing to see here basically yeah.
1: So, well, it's 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 so funny because, you know, Rudy got into trouble for supposedly, you know, just just saying stuff that, uh, you know, maybe it was true, but he wasn't supposed to say it or it wasn't true or who knows what. Um, You know, even if you are a big supporter of Donald Trump and sort of a skeptic of all the Trump Russia stuff or even all of the money, you know, all of the different things, I don't think anybody would say as a categorical matter. Yeah. uh, Michael Cohen knows of no bad acts (laughs) at all that Donald Trump ever ever did. I mean, no one thinks that. Yeah. I mean, and again, that y- you can think like the whole Trump Russia story is a big nothing and all of the claims about uh Trump's sorted uh you know business past is is just political enemies and Democrats wanting to uh you know drive him from office, but again, no one can I don't think anybody would think it is plausible to make that to make that categorical claim. So we have okay, so we have that, the ongoing Rudy thing. I didn't even know about this uh, new interview. I mean it'll just it'll just keep keep going. Keep, yeah, it keeps tripping out. And then I guess we had the first signs this morning, and this is how it works with, with President Trump, the first uh, news reports that he's considering firing Scott Pruitt the the EPA administrator. Right. The White House officials kind of urging him to do
0: so behind the scenes. Right, right. I mean honestly it's been what is it 11 federal investigations
1: against him. I don't even I mean at this point it it I I, I don't even have a sense there's just so there's so many and even like the sort of the also ran scandals for him are are kind of like you know all these things about lobbyists planning these trips for him and right. then getting favors um i mean it's 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 wild I <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, so so yeah he I, hangs on yeah well, it's, it's for it's, now, yeah, for now, so and then obviously we have the Iran nuclear deal, yeah we're recording this um I think shortly before the president's going to make an announcement. Every sign is that he is going to withdraw the United States from, from this deal, which, right. again, is just – I wouldn't say it is so much catastrophic at, as it is a total self-own. Like, <laughs> like there is no reason – even if you don't think it's a great deal, there's really no reason to pull out of it now because even if you think the benefits are rather limited, there, there's no benefit that we get by withdrawing from it. There's just none, um, so that's crazy, and I don't even I don't even know what to say about that because that that depresses me because that is something that is going to have long term repercussions for all of us and our, our children. So it's just it's just really depressing. So all right, so now we're going to talk about we're going to talk about um, what was a pretty big development in the Trump Russia story, and it did get a decent amount of press attention, but I don't think as much as it as it is owed because of its significance. So some of you may know about it. Over the weekend, the Washington Post published a story, and the title was, As the, as the quote-unquote king of debt, Trump borrowed to build his empire. Then he began spending hundreds of millions in cash. So basic, and this is one of these David Farr. I mean, uh, I don't think he was the lead byline. The bylines are Jonathan O'Connell, David Farenthold, and Jack Gillum uh, came out May 5th. So, uh, I guess uh, Fahrenheit wasn't the lead reporter, but it's one of these Fahrenheit type deep, you know, go a lot d- of research. Yeah, a lot kind of, of research time together, in, a lot of different documents. Exactly, and public documents and so forth. And the key is basically this that Donald Trump, like many big real estate investors, borrowed his way into his real estate empire. Now, w- we all know. We kind of have this sense of Donald Trump as you know always using other people's money, uh, sticking them with the bill when things went bad, and that is all true, but it is also true that big players in real estate almost never put up their own money. The idea is you put up some of your money, and you get outside investors, and then you borrow from banks, so basically you are spreading around the risk, and it, ana- it allows you to... Magnify your reach. So maybe you could only, uh, with your own resources, you know, do one major development project. But if you bring in a lot of other investors, you can do four or five. So this is pretty standard that you use a lot of debt uh, if you're in the, if you're in this part of the real estate business. Um, but Donald Trump always was the most extreme of that, of, of, you know, in, in, in that regard, really, you know, Trump name everywhere, Trump razzmatazz, sort of pulling everybody <laughs> together. He sort of said what he liked to do that,
0: right? Because like you say, it sort of, it minimizes his own yeah. risk and his own liability. And he right? always
1: like showed off about it basically is, and, and, you know, as long as you're not breaking any rules, you should show off, you sure. know, if you're like, I've got my name everywhere and I'm making tons of money, but none of... Not putting any of my own money at at risk. I mean, I think the reason that he, the reason that he got in trouble uh, back in the late '80s and early '90s was that he did something that his dad always warned him against, and almost any big businessman will warn you against doing a personal guarantee on a loan. Now, or on a lot of loans, uh-huh. and how that works basically is that. Um, as as you know a if you have a corporation that you own the corporation borrows the money if you can't pay it back the corporation dies i.e. it goes into bankruptcy but the corporation gives you a shield so it's not you it's the corporation and that's how a, a huge amount of that's sort of essential to 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 modern capitalism the way that corporations um uh, shield people from uh you know th- business losses yeah but in most cases, certainly for small businesses, you know, banks know how that worked too. So if you, uh, for instance, if 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 TPM takes out a loan from the bank, the bank will say, all right, Josh Marshall, since you own the majority of the company, we want you to personally guarantee right. that if TPM goes under, you are on the line for this. And that's <laughs> right. pretty standard. Yeah. But when you're up in the big, big you know kind of up in the stratosphere often that's not how it works. Trump did that. He got into trouble uh back in the in the late 80s, early 90s. We know it, that whole story. In any case, the what the post story is about is that Trump was Mr. Debt, you know, kind of operating in this way for decades and then around 2006 it changed. And he stopped not not totally stopped borrowing money, but shifted pretty dramatically to using his own money, cash, and also being the only participant in these major deals. So you go from uh, arranging a purchase where you are you are uh, one participant and you've got other investors, you've got banks and so forth, to just... You know, buying a big golf resort, and you're basically, you know, I'm going to cover the entire thing myself in cash. And over the course of the decade, uh, from 2006 to 2016, when he when he ran for president, uh, the Trump Organization uh, did purchases with about 400 million dollars in cash. So there is this dramatic change, which moves in a direction of uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense no one in real estate was doing this and no one in real estate kind of ever does that there's some exceptions sometimes there's certain people who um, if if you're super wealthy for some other reason you may just be investing buying things purely as investments. So you're not, you obviously want to make money, but these aren't like developments or stuff like that. It's just a really secure investment. Yep. But basically no one in Trump's kind of real estate developer thing does anything like this. So why did this change happen? Now they talked to, as, as you know, uh, Don Jr. and Eric now run the Trump organization. That's right. What, for whatever that means. And <clears throat> it's sort of it's uh, kind of widely doubted that that President Trump isn't still actively involved but at least nominally uh, th- they run it so so the post you know did this very meticulous analysis to show how they switched to cash and the cash thing just keeps accelerating uh, right up in until today so they asked uh, Eric Trump so what's the what's the story why did why this change and what what Eric Trump said was, None of the cash used to purchase the 14 properties, this is the 14 properties they talk about in the piece, came from outside investors or from selling off major Trump organization assets. So basically – Just money that happened to be around. Yeah, just money that we made, that we made so much money. And they go yeah. on to say uh, – and I'm quoting here from the Washington Post article. Instead, Eric Trump said, the firm's existing businesses, commercial buildings in New York, licensing deals for Trump-branded hotels and clothes, et cetera, produced all the cash. So basically, their argument is, our businesses were doing so well, it just generated tons of cash, and we decided on a more conservative uh, approach to investing, and the fact that we had all this cash made it possible, and everything's great, and that's what happened. Okay, now, the problem is, and this is why everybody has always wanted—why it's, it's always been such a big deal for Trump to release his taxes that we don't really know. We don't have any idea. And there's no way to say, well, Eric Trump, that's not true because X, Y, and Z. Right. It's it's just like a black box. Private company, right? Yeah, private company. Uh, and exactly. There's—private company is private. Yeah. And as long as someone's not president— there's nothing wrong with that, you right. know. What business of is ours? How the, you know, as long as they're, as long as they're paying their taxes. I mean, that's another question. But as long <laughs> as they're paying their taxes, yeah, uh, you know, the, no harm, no foul. So there's a couple things that we wanted to uh, uh, talk about with this. So Eric Trump says that, and and we have this kind of. And one other thing I should mention is that after the financial crash, for for. A number of years, even almost up until today, the cost of money, the cost of borrowing money, is basically zero. Yeah, really low. Yeah, I mean that's the whole quantitative easing, all the kind of stuff that the Fed did to get the country out of the economic crisis. I think even today, if you apply for a
0: mortgage, it's something like four percent, right? It's like it's pretty low, all things considered, right? It's not like eleven or whatever it, it was. Sort it's of- still
1: it's still uh, historically low, yeah, and. Certainly, I mean, obviously, when you do, um, if you are a big corporation, you get even lower sure. rates. So b- basically, th- this has been the nature of the, of the U.S. economy for going on a decade now. That the cost of you know it is basically free to borrow money. So why you would not borrow money more aggressively is a big is a big mystery. So do we trust Eric Trump about this? Okay, so here's here is. The, the Post didn't get into this, and this is, you know, they're writing the story that they were going to write. But here's the thing. Back in 2014, Eric Trump addressed pretty much this issue, and he had a dramatically different answer. Now, what I'm going to quote from right now is actually a an article that appeared in 2017. But it is about, there's this guy, um, this guy, what is his name? His last name is Dodson. He is a a golf journalist, uh, James Dotson, he is a really famous gol- golf journalist. And back in 2014, Trump was kind of on – or Trump's people were on him, like, come, we're going to – you know, come to one of our new golf resorts. It's awesome. You can write about it. So uh, uh, Trump and his people are on him for a while. He finally agrees. So he, so he's having um, – He's golfing with Trump, Donald Trump, Eric Trump, Greg Norman, the famous yeah. uh, professional golfer, and this guy, James uh, uh, James Dodson. And they're at the Trump National Golf Club in Charlotte, you know, having a, having a day of golf and everything. And Dodson is confused because he sees it's palatial. He knows that Trump's, you know, opening up all these new golf clubs. Uh, Golf courses and resort uh, resorts and so forth, but he knew because he is a golf journalist that for a number of reasons, demographics, uh, the economy, etc., banks after the crash would not touch golf courses. So he asks Eric Trump, "Like, hey, how are you guys financing this? What's going on?" So let me quote from the, from this part of uh, part of the story. And remember, this is from 2014. What Eric Trump says at the time. So when I got into the cart with Eric, Dotson says, as we were setting off, I said, Eric, who's funding this? I know no banks, because of the recession, the Great Recession, have touched a golf course. You know, no one's funding any type of golf construction. It's dead in the water the last four or five years. And this is what he said. He said, well, we don't rely on American banks. We have all the funding we need out of Russia. I said, really? Really? And he said, "Oh yeah, we've got some guys that really, really love golf, and they're really interested in our programs. We just go there all the time." Now that was three, a little more than three years ago, so it was pretty interesting. Yeah. So okay. <laughs> now, when this article came out in I I think mid two thousand seventeen, right? So the interview like was previous, and then it came out. Well, later the on. the. The, go- the outing is in 2014 right and then uh, NPR or actually WBUR which is the NPR station up in uh, up in Boston interviewed this guy James Dodson in in uh, about a year ago exactly in, right. in 2017 so what Eric said at the time was like hey man we got money it's all out- good yeah money out of Russia we're not worried about banks so now when this when this article came out, Eric immediately said, "That's not true. That that guy's making that up. That's totally, you know, to, totally this, not this the case. reporter
0: who we invited to come join us at our golf. golf
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and and again, this guy is. I, I can't say that I know a huge amount about about the golf journalism world, but this guy is a big is like a big guy in that right. world, and he doesn't have any obvious political, uh, you know, stance or anything like yeah. that. So, why he would make that up is is there's really no plausible reason why he would make that up, and as we know, Eric's brother a couple of years before had said something almost identical. We've got tons of money pouring in from Russia, so it's all good. Now, so what is what is this? Um, what does this mean? Like, so where, if they have this money um, and it's not coming in bank loans, how does it how does it come in now? We don't really know the answer to that. Again, we don't have their taxes. It's a private company. There's kind of no direct way for us uh, to know. But we have a couple ideas, and they're ones that there's a lot of evidence for. One is simply you have silent partners who are just partners in the company, and there's no way for us to see them. Another way is that for various developments – you can have, again, this, this sort of silent partners in different developments. Now, we know that a lot of Trump's big projects uh, in the last decade had major outside investors from parts of the former Soviet Union. Another way this could happen is that you are selling lots of apartment units in Trump-branded uh uh, properties to people from Russia. We also know that that was happening a yeah. lot. So we have, we have some possibilities for how this all may have come together, uh, but we don't know the, we don't know the, the, the details, but we do know that, that Trump's sons were basically saying before there was a political problem with right. it being the case, like, Oh yeah, we got all our money from Russia. I mean, and they said this multiple times yeah, on the record. Yeah. On the record in, 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 public context, so on and so forth. So here's the key about that year 2006. That is a really key year. Again, that's when the Post says this turn happened to buying things with cash. We also know from totally different lines of reporting, some of it TPM, some of it reporting from a number of different news organizations who've looked into the president's business ties with Russia over, over over the years 2006 is basically when the Trump Russia money tr- uh, channel comes into place so we don't know that that's the source of all the cash but that is this, the exact same year when that spigot opens so what is one of the things that happens in that year? One of the things that happens that year is that is when they start the Trump Soho project, which is a a big um, hotel condominium project. Yeah. Downtown down this, downtown Manhattan, kind
0: of on the west side.
1: Yeah. And, and actually, they, it just changed its name like a few months That's ago. That's right. Because they didn't want the Trump name anymore. Yeah. Not, the, not the only ones to uh, try to. Part ways with the name, yeah. Well, there's a, there, aren't there a bunch of them? There's in one the on the city? Upper
0: West Side, almost, almost right on the Hudson River, at about 70 seventy-ish Street, right? Trump Plaza or something, Trump Palace. I forget what it was called exactly, there's but a they lot just of the, them. the condo board, co-op board, whatever, just voted to take the name off. Yeah, there's a
1: bunch of them. Yeah, that yeah. have done that. Okay, so the Trump Russia project uh, was mired in all sorts of problems and lawsuits. It is sort of the focal point of a lot of the investigations about money coming from Russia and, and Ukraine. So we know that's where Felix Sater and Bayrock and um, you can Google Trump Soho TPM. But you don't even have to add TPM. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can find it all. But the point is that happens in 2006. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happens in 2006 is that is when Michael Cohen comes to work for Donald Trump. Interesting. Now... I don't think, I don't think anybody thinks that all of this money is channeled through Michael Cohen, but Cohen coming to work for the Trump organization is part of that Trump Russia money channel getting locked in and that, and that spigot opening. We know that, um, Cohen and his family had been on a buying spree of, uh, buying spree, buying... Just like
0: apartments. Yeah. And, so that's kind of how he got on Trump's radar in the first place, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, that's the, that's the thing. We, we have known for a long time that he is brought in as a conduit for money from Russia and Ukraine. And there have been a number of different stories about exactly how that came about. Now, one story that he has told is that um, he owned a few units in one of these many... Uh, towers in in new york city probably that's changed his name its name now and there was basically like a co-op board revolt and cohen got involved and Stood sort of in the way right yeah kind of won it for trump basically and that yeah. and that got him on the radar the other story which i think there's at least some truth to is that he was buying up these apartment units in these different you know trump in in Trump buildings, in kind of all the ones in New York, and one down in Florida, and all sorts, you know, different places. And Trump saw this and kind of like, all right, this guy's got is 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 moving money. I want to kind of bring him into the, you know, bring him into the family, as it were, in more in more senses than one. Um, but so we know again, we know that Cohen is part of that money channel. We don't ex- we we haven't known exactly how they, you know, how they hook up. But there is a book that I believe is out today. Today is the publication date, May 8th, and it's called uh, Trump, Russia, the, A Definitive History. It's by a guy named Seth Hetna. And in there, he provides a another part of this story. Now, I'm going to read this one paragraph uh, to you from this from this book, Trump, Russia, Definitive History. Cohen married into a Ukrainian family. I spoke to two former federal investigators who told me Cohen was introduced to, to Trump by Cohen's father-in-law Fima Schusterman, a naturalized US citizen from Ukraine with a 1993 conviction for money laundering related related crime. Quote, Fima may have been possibly a silent business partner with Trump, perhaps even used as a conduit for Russian investors in Trump properties and other ventures, a former federal investigator told me, quote, Cohen, who married into the family, was given the job with the Trump org as a favor to Schusterman, unquote. Untrue, Cohen told me, your source is creating fake news. So that's Cohen's response. In addition, Schusterman, who owned at least four New York taxi companies, set his son-in-law up in the yellow cab business. Cohen once ran 260 yellow cabs with his Ukrainian-born partner, the taxi king, Simon V. Garber, until their partnership ended acrimoniously. Okay, so what we have here is, now we knew, we already knew that Cohen kind of grew up in this, Ukrainian emigre organized crime world out out near Brighton Beach. He married into Ukrainian family. What Hedna says is that it was basically that Schusterman had a relationship with Trump and he kind of, you know, said, I want you to hire, right, my hire son Michael. He's yeah. a good guy. Do we have any sense of how Schusterman and Trump
0: kind of came into the same orbit?
1: Well, we we do not. We do not. We know that Trump... Uh, had lots of ties to people in the uh, post-Soviet organized crime world going back many years. We don't know exactly how these two knew each other. But one thing that you can watch today is we know that about a month ago now, Michael Cohen's various places were raided by the FBI, and he's being investigated now and one of the things that he's being investigated for is his taxicab business and a number of loans from him and the same guy here his father-in-law Emma Schusterman who loaned between 20 and 40 million dollars just in the last 8 months to another Ukrainian immigrant family, also in the taxi business, right? Uh, A lot of weird stuff, a lot of huge amounts of money um, uh, moving around, and we don't know what quite what is going on there because, for those of you who don't know it, the taxi business is in profound crisis. It's being destroyed by Uber and Lyft and all these kind of. So, why you would why you would loan that kind of money with like no with no collateral? To someone who runs a taxi business, is, is a big mystery. You'd be better off buying
0: stock in one of those tech, ride share kind of companies. I right? mean, <laughs> you'd, you'd be better off like
1: pouring it down the drain. <laughs> frankly, yeah. um, it it it's it's really not clear, and yeah. and and that's one of the things that that. That the FBI is investigating, but in any case, the the big picture here is you should really read that Washington Post article from over the weekend. Again, for Googling purposes, it's called "As the King of As the King of Debt, Trump Borrowed to Build His Empire." Then he began spending hundreds of millions in cash. It it's one of those pieces of journalism that th- there's there's a clearly a huge amount of legwork that went into it. And that isn't isn't necessarily, if you're not a journalist, it might not be 100% clear when you read it. But a lot of legwork went into this, and they're able to show this change, this pattern that no one really quite knew this. So it's a big deal. And that the pivot year, 2006, also happens to be the year that Trump's money channel from Russia and Ukraine really comes online. Now, correlation doesn't mean causation. That's Maybe right. it's just a huge coincidence, but it's a pretty telling one and it connects up to, you know, to these to the investigation right now into into Michael Cohen. So, keep an eye on that. Go read the 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 Washington Post article. So, what a David, what do we have on I guess we have Rudy still talking. That's right. What do we have that that we should be looking Toward for, the, for the rest of the week on this front.
0: Yeah, I think the relationship between Trump and Giuliani continues to be just like interesting and un, unpredictable. Very unpredictable. I mean, yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if Giuliani shows up on cable news again and says something that kind of contradicts what we've what he said before, what we've heard before. So it's yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, in the background, we have the kind of the Stormy Daniels case still swirling. We have Michael Avenatti on TV, every other program basically right right right. um so yeah we'll see how it goes i mean it obviously seems like giuliani sort of has the blessing of trump to kind of keep up this keep talking yeah to keep talking to kind of stir things up and i'm sure he doesn't i'm sure trump doesn't mind reading headlines like in huff post (laughs) that michael cohen doesn't know anything and what's the big deal and and nothing to see here now do
1: we know if this this Emmett Flood guy has actually started. Like, what, what's what's the story Yeah, I'm not there? sure what the
0: status of that guy is. Honestly, I, I know that Ty Cobb was supposed to what retire at the end of the month, right? right. So, it was kind a few, of like couple two or three weeks, yeah. Left to so go maybe on there's that. some maybe there's still some transition period to get to get Flood fully up to speed. He, uh, I don't
1: know. When the first announcement came out, was there like, oh, he's starting this date, or just I don't kinda know. If, like he's I don't coming? think there was a
0: specific like start date.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny because. Man, we have heard nothing from that uh, That Yeah, day. absolutely. I mean, you know,
0: what's funny is like one thing to kind of keep an eye on and something I've noticed kind of develop is that during the White House press briefings, so obviously Emmett Flood is going to be a White House lawyer working right. with Trump on this case. Almost every question Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the White House press secretary, is asked just gets a response, talk to the outside counsel. I can't say anything about
1: it. So it's, it's right. an interesting way to kind of deflect right. any scrutiny or questions or right. and, you know, and, about and the case. And for the moment, I guess, and just, just for, for listeners, basically how this works is the president as president has lawyers, and that's the White House counsel. Right. And then the president as a private person also has a different set of lawyers. And again, this is every president does. This isn't something unique to Donald Trump. Um, and at the moment... I think the head of the personal legal team is still Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, right.
0: And along with Jay Sekulow, who is who was basically before John Dowd, his previous personal lawyer, left, was basically just like
1: the the TV
0: lawyer, the TV guy. Like, yeah, like what sort Rudy of like, is now. Yeah, sort of a yeah. polished looking guy, experienced, going on cable news shows and kind of advocating for Trump. Right.
1: Right. Right. Okay. So. So I get, and then we have Michael Cohen, and we don't know right. when the next thing is gonna is gonna is gonna drop. This there. so we did a have a to, story, like you mentioned earlier
0: today in Vanity Fair last night, of Emily Jane Fox, who's sort of like a Cohenologist, right? Uh, reported. So she's
1: had a bunch of stories. She in, has like yeah. an ongoing, right, right. And so she's what got was Interviews the, with
0: him and stuff like that. She's basically saying that Cohen, people close to Cohen, are telling her that this whole affair... This whole ordeal has had just a, a an impact on Michael Cohen's life, right? Yeah, he's I mean, how could it not? It's ruining yeah. his his wife and family's lives, and he lives for his family, and you know he doesn't want to take much more of it. He, basically, he certainly
1: he's certainly to the extent that and and that article had a lot of you know Cohen told this friend this Cohen right. told that, so it's a lot of very indirect stuff. Exactly um but it's he certainly seems to be sending out a lot of messages like I sure care a lot about my family as opposed to like I'll do anything you know I'll I'll die for Trump right Trump I'll Trump jump out window yeah, yeah exactly I think there's there's the window thing is sort of uh, fallen by the wayside well um, so keep an, keep an eye on all of these developments I want to tell you again that the Josh Marshall Podcast is sponsored by Grady's Cold Brew Ice Coffee. Get twenty percent off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com com with promo code TPM. That's promo code TPM. And uh, we're gonna keep watching. So, so, and then, so today is all nuclear deal. And then, you know, there's there's no way there's not gonna be some new big development uh, sometime over the course of this week. So we'll Absolutely. probably be back for yep. a couple episodes. We wanna we, we don't wanna get too much news uh, go by without trying to walk you through it here on the Josh Marshall podcast. So stay tuned. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. See you later.